Today is Monday, February 26th, 2024, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. All right, so today we start with Titus 3.9 about foolish questions. What constitutes as a foolish question? We go through that and some other stuff. Then we hear my sob story. Um, <laughs> uh, live at peace with people as much as depends on you, um, says Paul. So uh, this is good advice. A little more difficult to do, but uh, here we are trying anyways. All right, then we talk about evolution. Um, we talk about different groups and ring species, and that gets into uh, punctuated equilibrium. So if that is something that's near and dear to your heart, listen for this. Um, and then just repent and believe the gospel, because that's that's way easier than any of this nonsense. Um, okay, so um, yeah, that's it. Share these links. Hope you have an awesome day. Catch you later. Bye. You know, I think it would help if I actually studied the verse out more carefully. But, you know, the, I'm sure you've asked about, like, the, the passage that forbids foolish questions. Um, let, me, let me just look it up. Maybe, yeah, maybe not directly. Like, I can think of a couple of things where you're going, but I don't know if it would say yeah. foolish questions, maybe. Yeah, actually, yeah, it says, but avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings. Oh, yeah, law. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah what yeah, do you I'm think clear. those foolish questions... <clears throat> What do you think those foolish questions entail? Like, I haven't studied this out in a long time, but I just, uh, do you have Let any find thoughts? Actual... Well, yeah, uh, we use that verse a lot, just usually not in the context of questions. But yeah, let, let's get the actual verse so we can read the thing. Um... Let's see here. Okay. Come on, computer. Titus 3.9. Yeah. Titus 3.9. Okay. Titus 3.9. Yeah, we use this a lot, usually not in the context of questions. And uh, are you... I don't see questions. Um... Are you misremembering that, or is there a translation used that says questions? Because this says, avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. I don't well, I, see questions. Yeah, I got you. I have, um, well, I have, I've got the, the King James, and the word, I think it's a good translation question, because I'm looking at the Greek word, it says, uh, seeking inquiry, a questioning, debate. It does, you know, fits in with quarreling. A subject of questioning or debate, matter of controversy. So, yeah. So it, it seems like questions is is a fair translation, but I, you know, apparently you have a different translation. So. Well, even in King James, it says, "Of okay, yeah, it does. Okay, it says foolish questions." Um, well, I mean, the context is in the verse, though. Like I, I mean, I have I have other thoughts I'd like to give, but I mean, let's just stick with what the Bible says. So, avoid foolish questions. Does does that mean you know there's no such thing as a stupid question? Well, and genealogies and contentions i mean does that, that doesn't mean genealogies are bad um and strivings about the law for they are unprofitable in vain so in the context has to do <clears throat> with the law and all these con uh, contentions that start divisions among people um they are unprofitable and vain um <clears throat> so okay. i mean are you coming to the same conclusion i am let, let me just read back oh hang on in King James, it says, uh, wow, a man that is uh, a heretic after the first. Wow, they, they spell heretic, heretic interesting. All right, let me go back to the ESV. Okay. 
because um, we speak English. Okay, um, avoid foolish controversies. Let's just say questions, um, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law. So this is all about the law. So can you imagine? It's it's no different than the Calvin Arminian debate right now. Like all the people that are, it's so foolish. So like, you know, do you have questions like, oh, what is Tulip? Who cares? Stop it. <laughs> just read the Bible and do what it says. So I mean, I can, I can see this verse like smacking everyone in the forehead about like this, this stuff. If it's not a salvation issue, if it's just contention, um, has anyone been made, uh, made, you know, more Christ-like by this uh, debate? I'm probably going to say not one single person. Um, has anyone been edified? Um, what we really see is now everyone's scattering with their tribes in different discord and clubhouse rooms, and certain people can't even be in the same uh, sound of someone's voice as someone on the other side. Um, just like the Bible says, let's see, for they are unprofitable and worthless, which is exactly what's happening. What's happening. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, hang on. The, go ahead, Nate. Go ahead. Oh, well, sorry. I was, think, I was thinking of conjecture. I'm sorry. I have a frog in my throat. I'm like dying today. One moment. <clears throat> I was thinking in conjunction with another verse. Um, uh, oh, gosh. What is this? Is it Timothy? Um, hang on. It's something right along these lines that I think would be good to point out if I can if I can remember it. Um, oh, I think I know what you're talking uh, about. A servant must not quarrel. He, he, he avoids heated quarrels. I think that's what you're referring to. Um, not strive in the King James. It's, the, uh, it's something about it. It's wor like worthless and ruins like everyone who listens. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, this I don't. I don't think this is in Second Timothy two twenty four. And the servant of the Lord must not strive or. Engaging no. Okay, okay. But can, can I touch back on uh, something, the other... Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, about the foolish questions, it seems that the word foolish can mean impious or godless. So, and it, and it, seems, to it seems to be related to maybe the heretics, because in the next verse it talks about the heretics to reject. So do you think it's to avoid... Well, it seems that we are to give one or two chances to the heretic if they don't repent the heresy to void them or reject them. But you think maybe the, the, there's these, these impious, godless questions. Again, what does that mean? What kind of – that question seems to undermine the authority of the scriptures, undermine sound doctrine, you know, core doctrines of the faith. Because I think – but I think any question that can be answered through studying the Bible – this is a good question, but I'm just, I, mean, I struggle with what exactly a foolish, because it means impious or godless. Like, I'm trying to think what kind of question that would be. It would be like a trick question, a loaded question. I, I don't know. But no, I appreciate your, your input. I'm just, you know, I'm not really sure. So. I hear what you're saying, and I, I have an answer. I'm, I'm just tapped on another screen. I'm, I'm trying to find this verse. Yeah, uh, take your time. Okay, okay, got it. Second Timothy two sixteen seventeen. Um, okay, so Second Timothy. Uh... Yeah, let me just let me just read this, and then yeah, you have a good point. Except I'm in King James, and I want to be back in um, ESV because I, I I saw that part too that you're asking about, and I. I don't know. Like, I, I guess I just have a problem with the King James Bible because it, it says things that make people have questions um, because it's it's written in a different time. Hang on. Uh, OK, this is let me get to Second Timothy two, first of all. 
16 and 17. Okay, so let's see. Uh, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Okay, but avoid irre uh, irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like cancer. Uh, is that it? No. No, that's not the one. Okay, let's go back to your, your thing. Okay, so... Yeah, uh, what was your verse? Yeah, um, uh, what was, that? was it Titus? Um, yeah, Titus 3 9, but avoid foolish questions. 3 9, okay. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, go ahead. Let, let me get King James as a parallel because I mean, I saw it in King James, and the first thing I noticed was heretic was spelled really weird, and I'm just like, well, why? Anyway, okay, so in the King James, a man that is a heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he. Uh, he knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. Or, <clears throat> um, as for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful and he is self-condemned. So if this is along the line of the questions, like, like just, just reading the context, right? This talks about someone who stirs up some division. So it's like, uh, imagine like everyone we ever fight with, um, who's just trying to do that versus like a new person that's like, I'm just a new Christian. I just have a question about this. What does this mean? I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn. God be with you. We're like, oh, wonderful. Great. Ask anything you want. Ask hard questions. Ask about the hypostatic union. Ask about the Trinity. Ask about, ask about Calvinism. But <clears throat> if someone's like, hey, uh, you know, you see this part of how Jesus says this and, uh, you know, he who's the least in the kingdom of heaven. What do you think that means? What do you think that means, Christian? Your God's a lie. It's like, okay, well, one of these is there's no stupid question. The other one is this dude stirring up division. Like, that's their goal. So maybe you, I mean, maybe you can just hear their question or hear their attitude. Maybe a little spiritual discernment or intuition will tell you. So that's, that's fully what I believe is going on here. So if it's someone just trying to poke the bear and, uh, you know, use the Bible to be like, oh yeah, but what, but what? Just, just think, how close to the serpent in the Garden of Eve are they? Right. Like was his was was he just asking simple questions? No harm intended. No, his the whole thing was to create division and enmity. And he succeeded. Mm -hmm. So if someone's like, oh, you don't really. Oh, what do you what does your Bible really mean about this? Oh, I don't think it means what you think it means. It's like that's division. Like that's the only thing. Yeah. If they're a little more humble and, and you know, listening. Um, like, hey, I don't like you did just now. Right. You're like, hey, I, I, I was just wondering what you think about this. Like, here's the verse. Uh, you know, what do you think that means? Like, let's read it together. Let's discuss it. Uh, you know, maybe I'll give some pushback, but, you know, let's learn. Like, no bad question. That's great. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I tend to uh, lean more towards that, that interpretation. I think it. Um, so it deals with. Like corrupt motives, because, you know, someone can ask an actual question that could be answered through studying the Bible. The Bible answers the question. We have to, you know, it's, it's, it could be a, it's a good question, but if somebody is coming and they have sinister motives, like when the devil said, you know, has God said, he's asking that kind of like a rhetorical question to imply, you know, well, when, when he asked that question, he was trying to cast doubt. That was his motive, obviously, right? Yeah, that's exactly because, yeah. what I think, yeah. <laughs> 
So, but, but, okay, but let's say if it's a, it's a Christian asking a question, let's say, you know, he's a true believer, he's just asking questions, it can be on controversial issues, it can result in a debate, I, I wouldn't necessarily classify that as a foolish question, even though it can, I understand it can be dangerous in certain rooms, it can cause a lot of strife, but I, I think those questions are not necessarily foolish, they could just be risky in certain rooms, you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I really think it's discernment. I mean, you know, you you can you can gauge someone like you can hear their voice, you can hear their attitude behind it. Like you can, like you may not be a hundred percent all the time. Maybe you're like, oh, egg on my face. I thought he was serious. Woe is me. Um, but I mean, most time it's it's. I mean, they'll tell you. <laughs> it's it's pretty easy to figure out like what someone's motive is. And in the rare chance you're wrong and entertain a you know divisive foolish question, well, you know, try to do better next time. I got you. Thanks, Nate. Do you, about, as a personal question, do you find like running these rooms, does it give you a lot of stress? <laughs> is, that, is that too much of a personal, I don't know. Is that okay to ask? Does it give you stress? Not really. Okay, well, that's good. Um, that's good. Is that too personal? I, I you know, I, I hope you don't mind me asking. I didn't, I'm just curious because it just seems like a lot of, uh, you know, things get stressful in the room. <laughs> so I was just wondering if it Ever takes a toll on you? So. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, the things, the things that uh, you would say give me the most, um, the the most stress are the things that have the least to do with God. So if it's just like sharing the gospel, which is the most important thing we should be doing, it's very easy because if people reject it, well, you're not rejecting me; you're rejecting Jesus. Like you know, God doesn't say we we have to like force people. He just says, hey, share this message. Here's how it is. So as long as we do like a fair job of that without like you know, freaking out on people and just present the gospel and be like, that's eternal life. Do you want it? It's as easy as praying to Jesus and asking for it. That's it. But then um, the, the things that do, I guess, do, eh, I don't, we could say stress me out. I guess we can put me in that, make me unhappy is when it gets into just arduous, theological, like very super deep philosophical nonsense. Um, I don't know if it's stress as much as my brain just falls out of my ears because it's unnecessary and I hate it. And that's when I start quoting things like the, uh, you know, the Titus three about like, don't stir up con contentions and blah, 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 about, you know, um, genealogies and all this other stuff. And it creates divisions and uh, quarrels and it's, it, it ruins everyone who listens. <laughs> I'm like, has anyone made, been made better by listening to this like nonsense, like whether or not someone exists or like, you know, last week we we're talking about like who can pinpoint where consciousness come from. It's like, who's, who's enriched by this? Not one single person. <laughs> Um, no, I hear you. I hear you. Man. I, I tend to agree with that. I would say that, and then and then when people just like start like freaking out, like you know, yelling and getting all like nasty with each other, that bugs me because like there, I mean, that happens everywhere. So like you know, I I really want uh, this room to be a little more calm, so people can have you know hot issue conversations um, without freaking out. So whenever tensions start raising and stuff like that, um, that bugs me. Yeah. I hear you. Thanks for sharing, uh, Nate. Appreciate your transparency. I just, I was just curious. Sure, sure. Good morning, Sean, Victoria, Francis, everyone else. Hope all's well. And in one thing, Nate, in connection with this this issue, I think maybe in, again in Romans. 16, where Paul talks about marking those that cause division, right, and to, and to avoid them. Do you think, 
he's basically saying to avoid heretics, that people undermine core doctrines of the faith because it can start strife and these foolish questions and undermining the basics of Christian belief, and it's not really fruitful. Well, so yeah, we, case should, we should avoid them. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah, case in point. I mean, you know, not to put Bob on blast, but he you know, comes in here and raises his hand for a long time. Like, we, we would let him up and stuff like that, and then, um, you know, I thought he was harmless enough, but it turns out he was kind of kind of bothering some of the some of the new Christians and stuff like that. And it, it just made them feel all icky um, constantly being like, uh, your God's a lie. Your Trinity is a lie. Ah. Um, so I'm like, you know, that's a good point. I mean, like we've, we've talked to the guy a lot. We've told the gospel a lot. I think he's probably, you know, probably wouldn't try to eat me alive if I ever found, found myself in his neck of the woods. Um, but I mean, you know, he's got a false gospel and he wants other people to believe it. So, you know, you could say I'm right or I'm wrong, but I mean, that that's my belief. That's the belief of, you know, the Christians mm-hmm. who believe like me and, you know, I'll say believe the Bible. Um, so, I mean, we just, we just stopped bringing him up here. Um, and it sucks because sometimes, you know, I'd like to see what's going on with him, but I'm like, well, well, yeah, I mean, if we believe the Bible, we should really do what it says. So sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's a little tougher. Um, but yeah, I think that's case in point. It's like, you know, it's only going to create division. Um, no one's going to be better for it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this, um, in that passage that I was alluding to in Romans 16 about marking those, that cause division and to avoid them. He gives the reason, one of the reasons, because they they are such that serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple or the innocent. So that's why there's a danger in dialoguing with heretics. Uh, these are evil workers. They can deceive people. They might not deceive you or me, but they can deceive younger believers or just people who are seeking to confuse them and seduce them through their fair speech, through their smooth talk. So this wisdom, I think, and just, you know, obeying Paul's words, and I think there'd be less heated arguments on the app, um, <laughs> uh, at least with heretics anyway. Uh, so anyway, thanks for chiming in. I appreciate it, Nate. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm still looking for that Bible verse if anyone can find it. It's got to be like a certain translation. Like, I, I think it maybe was the second Timothy one, but there's some translation that says, like, it is a cancer and ruins all who listen. So I'm, I'm trying to find um, I'm trying to find that one. Maybe I'm looking for the maybe hmm. it is right. I mean, second Timothy two sixteen seventeen. maybe. Oh, <clears throat> let's see. Yeah, I don't know what translation it is. I, th- I think I think it is Second Timothy two sixteen and seventeen. It must just be a certain translation, because um, their talk will spread like gangrene. Uh, among them are Hymaeus and Pilatius. Maybe, maybe we should see what we can find out about those guys and see what they were doing. Let's see. Yeah, I think that's the passage you're referring to. I think that's talks about the. It's something like cancer. In the King James, I don't think it's cancer, but it's something like uh, gangrene or some kind yeah. of uh, physical illness that they uh, – that's a good text. Let's see. About the those denying the, re- the resurrection, I think. Yes, I found it. 217. And their words will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus. So the, the canker is 
Canker means a gangrene. Oh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, the, the the canker is a gangrene disease by which any part of the body suffering from inflammation becomes so corrupted that unless a remedy be seasonally applied, the evil continually spreads, attacks other parts, and at last eats away the bones. So that very fitting if it infects the body of Christ, you infect one person. They get seduced by some kind of false teaching. It can spread to the rest of the body and cause a lot of uh, havoc. So, yeah, 2 Timothy 2.17. Yeah, the vain, profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. So that's another text that... And yeah, so yeah. it says, uh, yeah, so they've swore from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. And then in 1 Timothy 1, 19 and 20, uh, it says, um, by rejecting this, what is this? I guess we should read context. Uh, we'll go back to it. <clears throat> By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith, among who are Hymetheus or whatever that guy, and Alexander. So maybe it's uh, another guy in their mix too, whom I have handed over to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Um, okay, let's let's just go there. First Timothy 1, 19, 20. Fun Bible study. <clears throat> okay, First Timothy 1, 19 and 20. Okay, um, I charge, uh, this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made to you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith in a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith, among whom are those two guys. Okay, so because they did not wage the good warfare by holding faith and a good conscience. So would that be like Romans eh, 14? I don't know. <clears throat> Let's see. Let's read it more. I think, uh, thank him who has given me strength to Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer. And yeah, so it looks like they're denying the resurrection or, or they're saying the resurrection already happened. That seems to be the big charge against them. Yeah. So that would be kind of like full preterism. Um, full preterism. That's the, I think full preterism is the belief that all of prophecy has been fulfilled uh, in the resurrection, I think. What was that other one we were looking at? Tight, uh, Second Timothy? Okay, yeah. I'm just going to look at a few translations. That is bugging me to no end. All right, 2 Timothy 2, 16, right? 2 Timothy 2, 16. Eh. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Eh. <sighs> but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase more ungodliness and it will spread like cancer. Uh, where's our Bible trivia youth youth group students of, of decades past? But I think we got avoid... the verses, right? Which verse? I think we covered it, no? I'm specifically learning... looking for the phrase, and ruins all who listen. 
So maybe I'm thinking uh, of another hidden verse somewhere, but it's specifically like it sounds very, very much like this. But I, I I'm pretty sure I'm not crazy. Like it, it says something that like, you know, um, is a cancer and ruins all who hear it or all who listen. That is the question of the day. That is the question this Christian has. So okay. asking Christians, find me a phrase in the Bible verse that says and ruin all who listen. Hmm, I'm just Googling it. See. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, Steph, did you get that? I sent you an invite. I think you raised your hand, right? Okay, well, if you didn't get it, let me... Oh, there you are. Yeah, it was an accident, but it's 2 Timothy 2.14. 2.14? Oh, my gosh! Oh, my gosh! Thank you. You're welcome. Edrin, how are we so blind? We we started at 16. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what is... Oh, my gosh. Why am I here? Someone take over. Okay, so 2 Timothy 2. Let's start at 14. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. All right. Remind them of these things. Charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Oh, thank you so much. You have saved me a day of agony. Um, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Yes. Okay, that's right. So it's part of this like four verse thing. Um, context, Nate, context. But avoid irre irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. And so what do you think it means to ruin, to ruin all those that hear it? Do you, do you think that ever happens in these rooms, Nate? 1,000%. <laughs> Look around. Look at any clubhouse room from the last three months. You think it's just like referring to not necessarily just having <clears throat> believing corrupt ideas, but just maybe getting stressed out and just getting like irritated and sinfully angry and stuff? Well, well yeah. Like the I mean, the point is like no one will be better for it. Like it may not like ruin them and send them running for razors or like, you know, jumping off a cliff. Don't do that. But I mean, it's not like it's going to benefit and enrich their lives. So, you know, I mean, we can look up the word for ruin, but I'm pretty sure the word is going to mean, yes, like utter ruin, destruction, stuff like that. Not saying that's going to happen, but the idea is, yeah, I mean, think of how many people have been like turned off of like even having a Bible study because people just butt heads so much about silly stuff and it turns into big fights until they're just like, wow, I don't need this. Like there was someone who made like this big speech about how like um, their, their wife basically like talked them into getting off clubhouse because it's just a bunch of trash. Um, from people fighting all the time and he's like yeah i can't defend it she's right i'm out <laughs> i'm like wow that that's rough um so yeah i mean you know mm -hmm. i'm sure he still has a good christian walk and a good christian faith but um he, he certainly wasn't enriched by that uh, sean i tried to invite you up too i i saw your hand oh. i know if you can't get up oh steph do you have anything oh, very, to weigh in oh yeah go ahead Ed. oh very briefly uh the words to yeah in second timothy 2 14 it's interesting the greek word for subverting the king james subverting of the hearers the greek word is catastrophe <laughs> So, yeah, it's the idea of ruining destruction and uh, go on stuff, but I don't want to talk too much. Oh, no, I came in just in time to hear that Nate was looking for that verse, so I missed the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you got it. Like, that, that's that's what the basis of Ed, Ed, uh, Edwin's question is, is uh, what, what, what was the very first question? It was in Titus. Yeah, about uh, the foolish very questions. Yeah. Foolish questions and what foolish questions are. Mm -hmm. And it seems, looking at the 
least in the Greek, it refers to impious and godless questions. Does that just refer to the motives behind the questions, or is it the questions themselves that are, I don't know, like, um, they can't be answered through studying the Bible. You just have to speculate and guess, and there's no way to answer it from the Bible, like how many angels can sit on the head of a pin. That's something <laughs> that I've heard. I mean, that's, that. that's, that's probably the best thing of, of getting to a foolish question, yeah. And it's like Proverbs, you know, the, is it Proverbs 21 or whatever it is in Proverbs? It says, you know, answer a fool um, according to his folly. And then the next one says, don't answer a fool. You'll become just like him. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like a little brain teaser, but I mean, it's completely, completely accurate. Like it's, it's, it's great. And then people that are like, it's a contradiction. I'm like, do you think people are so dumb? They put a contradiction in the very next verse. Like, no, it means don't answer a cool, a fool according to his nonsense, but answer a fool. So like, you know, go a layer deeper or go a layer zoomed out. So you're like, okay, look, here's the foolish question that you're trying to ask. I'm not going to play that game. Um, I will answer you though, which, uh, you know, here, here's like the zoomed out view of what you think you're asking, but it's foolish. Here's what you need to be answered with. One of, one of those things. But yeah, how many angels can sell on the head of a pen? That's, that's a pretty good one. Anyway, that stuff, that's the context of today's talk. Very nice. Sounds like a good one. I've got my kid who the baby won't sit in her high chair anymore. She climbs up on the table and then she walks around on the table and I can't figure out how to solve this. So that's what I got going on over here. Hmm. Do you have a spray bottle like for a cat to keep them off things? I know, right? <laughs> What's up, Birdie? Hey, how's it going? Is it child abuse to spray your child? Mm, I don't know what you're talking no. about. Probably. So how you been? Haven't uh, oh Steph or Stephendipity. Serendipity, what's up? <laughs> Steph, it's time to get um a little tykes table for them. Ah. Then she could stand on that. I guess it's a shorter fall to the ground then. Exactly. <laughs> okay, that's good thinking. Yeah. I've got this high chair that clips to the side of the table because I'm super minimalist or whatever, so I didn't want to get like a real high chair. Um, and But the problem with it is that it works great. It takes up no space. It collapses down into nothing. We can travel with it. But it's attached to the table, so she just hops right out of it and walks all over the table. Yeah. Like not working anymore. And she will not sure. eat sitting in it. She will only eat standing on top of the dining room table. <laughs> Mr. Bridge, Vangel, like those shoes. <laughs> like that PTR. <clears throat> yeah, those are pretty cool. Is that ironic or are you, uh, you got a pair in order? Wait, you didn't get your air chomps yet? <laughs> That's too rich for my blood. Did you? Steph. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Sean. How's it going? You know, I'm old school. So maybe, how old is she? How old is the baby? How old is the baby? I'll say three. Two. Two and a half. Uh, it might be time to just wrap it in a hand, pop it. No, you want to say Even though we can't really understand Sean, I agree with him. <laughs> I think yeah, I heard what he right. said. Yeah. And I agree. 
I have a question. Are you guys ever just sitting there and all of a sudden you lose hearing in one ear and then it rings really loud for like 10 seconds and then it acts like nothing happened? Yes. Okay, that's normal. All right, thanks. I mean, I don't want to say demons, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's really weird. Steph, sometimes that's a very common side effect to a medication. Oh, weird. I don't take medication. You know, it's also weird or, or scary. Um, your mom. Love them off mute. Who just said your mom was that rapid? <laughs> what a queen. What an absolute queen she is. <laughs> what I was going to say is when someone's t talking to you and like you're doing something, but like it's like you didn't even hear a single thing and you're just like, is it my hearing that's an is issue or is it, was I distracted? Like that's been happening often and I'm just like, what I'm like, I'm like so confused. Selective, what? um, crap, like selective hearing where you like tune them out. Yeah, but um, it's like not intentionally tuning. It's like you're doing something and they're saying something, but it's like yeah. your ears just like you hear everything else around you, but them. Um, wow, yeah. is this a man thing? This no. must be what happens to men when they don't hear what's happening, what their wife is saying. He had to mute because Rapid is laughing at him. No. <laughs> no, it, I'm just curious, like, because sometimes I'm actually concerned because I'm like, how did I not hear a single thing you just said? Because um, it usually pertains to cleaning. Oh, my God. All right. I'm good. Uh, They're so great. I love these two. Listen, uh, that's actually a common thing when you are, like, overworked because there's something – I forget what it's called. Um, there's this, a phenomenon in psychology that, like, when your brain can only handle so much, it'll start to actually tune out other things that it thinks are less important that may not be. Shoot, what is it? I think it's called cognitive load. So when you reach a, a max cognitive load. So there's some number of, like, stimuli that your brain can handle. So the most common example of, of uh, cognitive load is like if you're in a new city and you're trying to find your way around that city, um, you may like not notice an oncoming car in an intersection because you're so focused on the street names. Um, or you may turn the radio down so that you can parallel park better. Those are examples of like being cognitively overloaded. So it's probably that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you said park the car better. I was in, uh, I, I, a friend came over and uh, they, they have a Tesla that I've, I've never been in. Um, so I guess they have a little upgraded feature where, you know, it does the self-driving and we have like construction all over the place where I live. So I'm like, <clears throat> how does it do with like traffic cones? Because everything's just like destroyed. And it's like, let's find out. I don't know. <laughs> it did a really good job. Like, like, I don't even know where the cameras are, I guess, everywhere. And it just like had all the cones. Um, and there's one, one spot where it like needed a little help. But it did a pretty darn good job. I'm like, well, what is it? Happens if a deer runs out or something? Like, how is it? Anyways, don't know about that. But then we were in the parking lot. We like went to this grocery store to get some stuff. And he's like, have you heard of the summon feature? I'm like, demons? Why do I always think that first? Anyways, but I'm like, no. Did you know that like Teslas have like a summon feature where you can like just hit a button and it like comes to where your phone is? It was the funniest thing. So like in the parking lot, we're watching this car just backs out like Carrie. Is that the possessed car? And it starts like just driving down and like people are trying to pass in front of it. It slows down, waits for them to go. Everyone's like staring into it. Like, what is this thing? Where's the driver? I'm like, that is so hilarious. It was like a remote control car when you were a kid. 
except it's like a 4,000 pound like vehicle. Um, so it just like dries up and, you know, we jump in the car and drive away. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, I'm moving to the moon. That's enough of that. <clears throat> you guys are okay with this? Self-driving cars? That makes I mean, me just want to peace it, out. It, it's kind of like if you're eating corn nuts. It's like, it's fine if you're the one doing it, right? Because they stink awful. So like if <laughs> you're around someone, it is disgusting. I'm like, this is awful. How can you do that to people? But then it's like, oh, you want some? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, they're great. So, so then you become them. So it's like if, if you're the one in the self-driving car, it's like, yeah, look at me. <laughs> um, but then if you're not, it's like, wow, what a tool that person is. <laughs> the, the name of the of the haunted car in Stephen King is Christine, not Carrie. Christine. Christine. Carrie is the one who gets pig blood dropped on her at the prom and then sets everybody on fire. Uh, thank you. Man, you guys are just answering all my questions today. Like the Runzal who listened, the possessed car. <laughs> Mr. Bill, what's up? Do you have a question to answer that I don't know what I'm about to ask? No, but I think Bob wants to be brought up. If you dare to bring him up. Nah, we talked about that. Bob's not getting brought up. Um, you know, I, I tried to, we were talking exactly about that. Like Edwin had the question. He's like, um, not about Bob. He's like, you know, what about this? Like, you know, is in what Titus three or Timothy two, second Timothy. And it's, um, it's like, look, warn them once before God. And then, you know, have nothing more to do with them. Um, cause you know, they're just like having false gospels. And like, in this case, these people were like denying the res or saying the resurrection already happened and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, man, it like, gets unfortunate. I like Bob. He seems okay. But we, we've heard the false gospel like enough. And you know, it was, it was giving some uh, problems to some of the other people who are like, Hey, I'm just a Christian. Look, what's this guy doing? Is he right? Is Jesus the, like wh whatever Bob thinks. I'm like, yeah, it's probably not good. Right. I mean, it's not like we have a, we're trying to like go on a censorship rampage, but on the other hand, we're just trying to answer questions biblically accurately. Um, so that doesn't involve a bunch of heretical stuff. For example, anyway, sorry, Bill, that is the answer to your question. Yes. Thank you. Huh. How was everyone's uh, weekend? Pretty okay, cool. I'll tell them. I'll tell them myself. All right. You want you want to hear a bad Nate story? Okay. So somehow I don't know how. Okay. So so across the board, it is easier for me to talk about religious stuff um, and keep my cool and not get my feathers ruffled than it is to talk about politics. Uh, politics, I like to think. I have done a better job over the years of being to express my, you know, political mind and take others in stride, even if it's completely insane, but, um, you know, to, to not get too bad, but I definitely have a harder time handling political talk uh, with myself than I do like religious stuff. Cause it's like, look, without faith, you can't faith, without faith, you can't please God, things like this. So, you know, there's a part that is not incumbent on me. I simply share my belief and why I believe it and point people to Jesus. Um, so it's easy because it's like, well, look, if people are murdering Christ and he's forgiving them, um, we could probably take some people telling us we believe in flying spaghetti monsters, whatever, um, and fairy tales. But then politics, it's like it's even more difficult because you have a lot of evidence. You have stuff written down. You have people saying things on videos. You have what everyone believes is more objective fact that you're dealing with. Uh, and there's some subjectivity too, but there's a lot of things. It's like, look, you can't dispute this. This isn't someone saying what someone said. It's them. Like, watch the whole speech. Um, anyway, so so that maybe that's why it's more difficult. And it also affects things more presently, right? So, you know, I believe this relationship with Jesus, you know, is for the here and now. 
but it's primarily, you know, like, like me, my family, my little nucleus, things like that. Um, I'm like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. I'll meditate, read on the word, things like that. And, you know, try to, try to keep it together. Um, it doesn't really affect like my whole neighbors and community and the people at the store I run into. Um, but politics is a lot closer to home because things people do and say and vote for really affect me in my day-to-day life a whole lot more. Um, it's more apparent, but then, um, okay. So, so, and then Facebook battles. So somehow I'll try to make just innocent little comments, but on one hand, you know, we're called to be peacemakers, right? Blessed is the peacemaker. And, you know, as much as depends on you, live at peace with all people. Um, we're also called not to be cowards. And we're also <laughs> told in what, like, is it second Peter where, look, if you're persecuted for doing righteousness, um, then, then fine. That's not your fault. Your innocence is a dove. You know, that's, uh, that's God's got you. Um, but if you're persecuted for doing stuff that's bad, like, you know, doing a crime or something like that, well, don't say, woe is me. You, you deserve it. Um, anyway, Facebook battles is my weakness when I, I try to make a comment anyway. So, so over the weekend, there was this guy that lives here who, um, once upon a time, like I, I was just doing like HOA stupid stuff. Um, anyway, so there, there's this committee I was on trying to help the betterment of the, of the community. Anyway, so we, we had a little vote to, to pass a little stupid rule and things like that. And, um, it, it was just like, I was the guy running the thing. So I'm like, look, I don't care one way or another. This rule has been setting here and we just need to send it to the community and have a, you know, have a vote and see what wants to happen. Um, some people liked it. Some people didn't, I didn't care. I'm like, I'm good either way. Like, but it's my job to not keep sweeping it under the rug, just send it to the, send it to the people and have them vote on it. Anyways, they did. So this one guy had like a huge conniption fit and he's known as like the village loudmouth, um, where he's just like screaming and crying on like the Facebook community sites, like crazy. And no one ever checks him because he will just not stop. So uh, for a long time, like this dude just starts like just blatantly lying about me. I'm like, okay, look, if you want to say stuff and people don't know me, then whatever, no one knows me. But if you're going to start like lying and things like that, like where, where my neighbors are and like, I'm like legitimately like, losing friends and the dude's just like defaming me. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I usually get along with most people, especially that live around me. Um, so I just kind of laid low um, for like months and the guy kept going. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just like challenge this guy because no one else will. So um, over the weekend, I basically just had a day of trolling. So I, I got what I really wanted to say off my chest and like a couple comments. I'm like, well, hey, look, you said this, but this, 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 this. And the guy just kept going. So I resolved that I will not lose this battle. <laughs> I will not, I will be the one to have the last word. <laughs> so, you know, it involves posting funny pictures of cats, like, you know, oh really? And, you know, several know your worth king memes and, and things like that. So like, the guy just has no chill. He keeps going, ramping up more and more. And I just keep replying and I'm, I'm just watching TV. I'm just like cracking up while I do it. Anyway, the point of this is yesterday morning, after a whole day of just bickering and little comments back and forth on sub threads on our community thing, one of the admins of this page, you know, who I actually like, I'm friends with, I respect their opinion. Um, they they kind of called me out and um, I'm like, now wait, now what's going on here? Because a few things. Several people like go on rants, like three page essays ranting and like cursing and swearing like a like pretty bad. Um, and everyone's just like, congratulations, yay, thumbs up, like, yeah, you don't take that, you're great. Um, and then this other guy constantly terrorizes the whole neighborhood, and like no one ever challenges him because if they do occasionally, he just jumps down their throats until they quit. So like this guy's like a holy terror. Um, and then the one time I dedicate a day of my life to just like replying to comments in like a funny, snarky way. 
no swearing, no cussing, not like that. I'm just like, you know, kind of, kind of being a little jerk. So maybe that's my bad. I get called out on it. So I'm like, oh man, that is so hard, right? So, so I don't know. Someone be my, be my armchair counselors. What is the right answer? I won't tell you how I responded yet, but uh, what, what do you think is the right thing? Because uh, I, I think I have a pretty good reputation for keeping my cool, but that, that event made me, uh, made me feel a certain way. So uh, what is your counsel? More memes. <laughs> All right. Anyone else? I can't believe I'm going to agree with Steph, but yes, more <laughs> memes. All right. Let the healing begin. So anyways, um, I was off Facebook for like almost a year previously, and it was, it was great. Like I just, you know, paid attention to like more news stories and podcasts and just kind of, you know, took a break from a lot of social media and just consumed my time in other ways. Uh, I think I like probably did more Bible reading, so it was probably good. Anyway, so like someone um, probably about a year ago convinced me to come back to Facebook because of these community pages and events and stuff like that. They're like, oh, well, you know, it's good for just the community, blah, 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 blah. So I came back reluctantly, and this is what I get for it. So I'm like, okay, on one hand, I, I'm a little butthurt that I get called out when uh, there's way worse people than me. And on the other hand, I'm like, well, hey, maybe I should take a back, step back if this person who I like and they res I respect their opinion tells me that maybe I need to chill out a little bit, maybe they're right. I really don't see it, but maybe. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I'm like, I shouldn't have been back there anyway. So I just like imploded my Facebook account and, uh, you know, completely quit it. So um, here I am. So maybe I'll have more time to talk to people in Clubhouse because uh, I'm done with Facebook. So I guess uh, in this case, Frankenstein's monster and King Kong, who are the same person, can continue terrorizing the neighborhood. And um, good luck, everyone. <laughs> no, that was probably the right move, honestly. Oh, man, that's so hard, right? Like, I get it. I get it. Like, whenever people have problems with everyone else, it's like, I may not have it on Clubhouse too much because I just have my own little world that I kind of hang in. But, um, I mean, man, people still, when, when they poke me, I, I get I get irritated. So maybe, maybe that's not the, uh, yeah. We're all in well, the same boat. There's another element here, right? It's the It's a burden being the person that other people are leaning on to speak up. So, like, if you've heard from other people in your community that this guy just drives them nuts, and then you're finally giving him a hard time, and none of those people who asked you to confront it or had said things to you in confidence speak up for you, that's just frustrating. And then, like, the one person who says something is the person who's going to defend the other guy. That That's where you have to decide, like, am I going to continue to be the uh, in this position? the mouthpiece of like you know sanity or uh, am i just going to delete the whole thing and run that's a that's a tough spot nate yeah but i mean hey who knows maybe maybe they're having a big party or something like that like maybe the guys i, I guess i'm sure i'll hear about it from like everyone i talk to they're like where'd you go where'd you go but not my barrel not my monkeys like i tried like i told the guy it was gonna be like the conscience on his shoulder because no one else would be um, but then like the admin of the page, <laughs> you know, it's like, Hey, uh, and I'm like, Oh, well, I didn't see that coming, but you know, since I care what like, did the zero admin about actually say, what was their, yeah. What did they say to you? Oh, well they, so they, they tagged both of us and, and it was like a sub thread of a sub thread. Like people had to dig to find this. Um, so it, it and the main, the main post was this dude's. Um, <laughs> so like on the main, the main post, um, 
what was just a, a firestorm. So, um, you know, it was like a, other people commented. So then I commented on those comments. So it was a really deep subthread you had to want to see. Um, anyway, so they tagged both of us. And they're like, uh, hey, guys, consider deleting your comments so we can all have an enjoyable time and the original post can stay up. I'm like, the original post is the problem. So I, I, I didn't say anything. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not deleting my comments. They're an admin. They can delete if they want. Um, but anyways, so that's, that's kind of where it is. Yeah, so I'm like, I, well, I didn't see that coming because I, I don't really care about this person at all, um, you know, except in the sense that, you know, repent, believe the gospel type thing um, as a human. Um, so I, I don't really care about his opinion, but I do care about the other person's opinion. So it's like, because I care about the other person's opinion, sure, if that's what they want, um, all right, you got it. All right, who else wants to make uh, take 10 minutes and make it about them? <laughs> want to tell us more about the uh, child crawling on the table, or is that why you're not speaking right now? Great. Chris, how was your weekend? Did my internet just die? Nah, you're still there. <laughs> They're just Goodness. all ignoring you. Uh, all right, we'll say something. <laughs> I'm like, what the, what the heck? Random, what's up, Random? Yeah, I was just going to say uh, to just leave the Facebook, but you did that. How about you guys? Are you how many social medias are you all on? Like people keep sending like Instagram stuff, but I refuse. So like every time, but it's annoying too because whenever they try to send me like little funny videos from Instagram, it's like always wants me to log in and it starts off on mute. So I have to first cancel the login and then I have to unmute and then the video is halfway done. So it's just it's just annoying. But I guess I won't have that problem anymore because they're they're linked. Me personally, I'm I'm kind of on zero unless you count Discord as social media. Then Do we count Clubhouse as social media? Yeah, Clubhouse is social media too. Fair enough. Then two. <laughs> so, so any more uh, questions arise random over the weekend? I always have a backdrop of questions. One sec. <laughs> Are you pulling out pulling it out from your locker? <laughs> like a binder of questions? Yeah, so uh, if if I don't have confidence that the basically the Adam and Eve story actually happened, does that affect the entire rest of like the overarching story of the Bible? Yes. Yeah. And a good way, I guess, to expound on that, to know that is that you know even um, even in the New Testament, you know, different authors cite Adam and Eve um, as if they are literal people with a soul. So, I mean, it's, it's like, well, they definitely believed it. And yeah, without it, I mean, um, about as far as you can go is saying, yes, God, uh, God handmade like Adam and Eve and gave them a soul. So, I mean, you could believe all kinds of other messed up stuff, but that's about as far as you can walk that back um, and still be in some sort of orthodoxy is there has to be a literal Adam and Eve and they have to have a soul. Um, and then you could pretty much be wrong about all kinds of other things about, well, you know, wh what about the abiogenesis event? Could there have been one? Could there have been more? Could there have been, 
you know, something that has, um, you know, evolved through some other event, um, but didn't have a soul. And, um, you know, the part that did have a soul, God handmade, and it was Adam and Eve, and those are the only two people that had a soul, and then it went from there. Um, so, I mean, again, you shouldn't believe all that stuff, but I mean, I, I'm just trying to think. You could, you could believe some really wonky things, um, but Adam and Eve need to be literal with souls. Otherwise, yes, it, it kind of breaks everything. Yeah, as as per uh, some of our conversations a bit back, uh, that that that's one of the the categories for me that uh, that makes it hard to to believe in Christianity because it, it is fairly is pretty unbelievable the, the Adam and Eve story. Well, see that can that's hard for me to believe though because is Adam and Eve harder for you to believe than like a you know a, a divine being like creating everything because. If I, I mean, if that's less hard for you to believe than Adam and Eve, well, then Adam and Eve shouldn't be hard for you to believe, because if you can get your mind around, like, you know, some sort of creator God making everything in the world, the universe, all this, all this matter and material, well, then you should be like, well, if I believe that he can certainly do anything else, including making humans. So is it really like if we go a step back, like that's the hard part for you to believe that, like, there's some creator type of God that made stuff? Um, it, in the way described in the Bible, I think it's probably equally hard to believe. Fair enough. I mean, I think you're wrong, but I mean, I, fair enough point. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I I would say that that I'm not. While I am an atheist, I, I think that I'm not terribly far from a deist. Just because, like, I, I can. I can I could get on board with the idea that like a being caused everything to like begin like spun the top and then walked away kind of thing that I could probably get on board with that but the difference between that like practically the difference between that and uh and atheism is is pretty much nothing Wait I have a question How Okay by the time that you've accepted that there's an outside power powerful enough to create all of this, why is it then difficult to wrap your head around Adam and Eve? Well, firstly, I haven't I haven't specifically accepted the the, the outside power. I was just saying, like uh, among all the possibilities, based on what we don't know, uh, that that is among them. Um, but as for the kind of specific that between Adam and Eve, like there's there's so many bridges that would need to be crossed. Plus, there isn't really a whole lot of evidence for like a single man and woman to begin at all for humanity and and the kind of lack or even preclusionary evidence for that is I mean, there, there's a difference. Huh. In the evolutionary model, isn't it also a single man and woman? No. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. So is the model that like spontaneously humans evolved the same way across the globe? No. Right? So in the evolutionary Correct. model, there right. So there's also a, a singular event, 
in the evolutionary model, not just for humans, but for all things. Well, right. But, but as, as it pertains to kind of evolution, the, uh, the idea is not like a single man or woman, but it, it makes reference to populations. So that came from where? Like, okay, so if you're accepting the evolutionary model, you also need to accept a singular man and woman event, right? Because otherwise, the alternative is that, like, the the evolution would have had to have been simultaneous across unrelated regions, which wouldn't work in either the biblical or the evolutionary model. So... It wouldn't necessarily, it, it wouldn't be a single man and woman that, that begins the population of humanity. It has to do with, with minor changes overall. Uh, and then the, the distinction between, like, I would say the distinction between species is not like a hard line. It's, it's evolution very, I mean, I, I would say very rarely, if at all makes like here is the hard line between this and this uh it's it's more of a very 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 gradual thing and so to say that <laughs> to say that there was you know this one point where you know there was this this moment where there was a you know a single human and woman or something like that like it it doesn't really add up because it is it is an accumulation of of small changes most of the time yeah, so let's not think about humans, let's think about birds, right? So birds are evolving in this model from from fish, like aquatic creatures, and, and then into, you know, this realm of like dinosaurs, and then we've got birds with feathers the way that we know them now, right? And so if we're looking at like Darwin's finches, there, there were identifiable couples of finches that would pass on traits. So it, like the, the way the evolution... You're going to fail at the argument that there isn't like a single event because even evolutionary, even the evolutionary model holds to that. Like if you, if you look at finches, there were two single finches that had this mutation that then created other finches that had that mutation and you could genetically trace them back to those finches, right? So then when we look at humans, it's like a whole different thing. Like even in the evolutionary model, there was a first pair of humans that had the genetic traits that reproduced and created more humans with the same traits. So I guess my point is like, yeah, go ahead, Bacon. But like, the point is like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna trump the Bible with the one couple argument because that one exists in both. Hey, Steph, good point. What, what does he do with genetics that actually point to everyone have coming from the same specific small region? What, what does he do with that? Well, he he's going to say that they evolved simultaneously and gradually as a population but that's the way that evolutionary science gets around the idea that there's a single like when we look at any other creatures it's like oh here's the single couple that created this mutation right like even in the evolutionary model there is an adam and eve and then also in the evolutionary model we see a bottlenecking event and I'm, i don't mean a literal adam and eve right but the unidentifiable genetic origin um and then you know, we see also in the evolutionary model a mysterious bottlenecking event where a lot of the genetic, you know, code slimmed down to having been, again, from only a very small population. So I don't know. 
I, I'm not saying you're wrong, Random. I'm saying like that argument is not going to trump the Bible because they have it in common. I have a question. Um, where I know there may be different models, but like I, I don't know. Um, if evolution happened from one single abiogenesis event, which I think everyone who believes that would say, how did they get a couple? Like, did two things happen at the same time and two things independently evolved, one male, one female able, able to replicate? Or, I mean, like, if, you know, if things slowly evolved and grew over time into one thing, where did the other thing that it had to reproduce with come with at a point? Like, was it mitosis? Did one thing grow, grow so big and it just popped out another one that could reproduce with it? Or, I mean, we wouldn't say there's two abiogenesis events, right? So where did, where did the other thing come from? that would be able to um, reproduce. I was talking yeah, so to T about that the other day. Go ahead. Based, based, based on my understanding, the, uh, the, the first, when you're talking about abiogenesis, you're making reference to basically the first living organisms. And the first, uh, you know, according to what I understand, the first living organisms did not sexually reproduce. Right. But at a point, they would have to. So, um, what happened? Like, did two non-producing organisms, like, at, at what point did the first thing, um, the first bio, uh, sort of life, um, when did the second thing happen? And are we calling that a second abiogenesis event? And I then at some the point, idea. there's lots of little organisms, and then they just, like, turn into, like, hey, you're a boy organism. I'm a girl organism. Let's see what happens when we squeeze together. Ew. I think the idea is that there was like water with the right proteins and physical like structure for life. And then there was some sort of energy introduced to it, a lightning. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but the, the spark of life occurred. Right. And science can't quite point to what that was. And so the idea was then you may have had a population all of a sudden of a million single celled organisms that had this phenomenon occur because they were all in the same pond or whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I see what you're saying, but then at some point, like all these, let's, there's a million organisms, but how far do they have to evolve until um, reproduction as we know it uh, comes into play? Like over millions of years after they're no longer yeah. organisms, but they're, they're some kind of like weird squid fish monster. And another one is like kind of like a, a something else that is close enough that they just like, you know, start doing what mommy and daddy squidfish sea monsters do. And they're like, oh, a baby sea monster. I mean, I'm being kind of facetious, but I mean, it is a little absurd. I just want to know, like, does anyone know, like, at what point we think that happened? Like, what eon or era or... Because everyone seems to be certain there's some abiogenesis event. Well, can anyone just say, like, where that that second giant stage is to where now organisms organisms do need to reprodu reproduce with each other. Like I'm not even, I'm just looking for a timeline. I think the idea is that they started off. So, Oh, well, someone else. Yeah. Okay. Somebody else do it. I, I was just going to add, um, no scientist has ever been able to, or could ever show a, a species change, right? We see kinds of things change, but we don't see different types of species evolve into a different kind of species. There's, there's absolutely no evidence for that. Yeah, like you'll never see a dog that evolve is, that into is, a cat. That is fantastically incorrect. No, 
Okay, so so th- you ha- you can go backwards. He's right. So if you're thinking about the branches of a tree, you're never going to see two branches of a tree join and grow together. But you can trace them back to the same trunk. So like a cat and a dog can trace back to the same trunk, but you're not going to see a cat evolve into a dog. Well, well, more specifically, and 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 it's important to to note what you're making reference to when you say species. Um, but that being said, um, to, we, we to, didn't come from monkeys. That that is that is a claim that you can make. It is not scientifically supported. Um, but if if you're making reference to species, you know, becoming like essentially becoming different species, uh, I would really encourage you to look into what is called ring species. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna explain it further because I really want you to look into it. Well, I, I get it, right? It's like a, It's not like a one thing. It's like a, a ring on like a cap gun. How there's like eight different things on the pod, and like if if this thing is thing one, and you're still in the same pod, you could you could like reproduce with uh, pod eight because it's still in the same ring, right? So it doesn't have to be a direct uh, a direct um, similarity. It just no, no, can't no. be so far enough that it breaks it. No, no, no. Ring, ring species makes reference to uh, species and kind of uh, mutation and evolution um, getting to a point where it can no longer um, reproduce with something else. But again, Isn't that if, just if, said- you wanna, if you want to know more, I really encourage you to look into ring species. I think we just said very similar things. Uh, but, the uh, idea anyway. is that if you have like a, like a like a horse, right, and then it lives in an area where there's like a bunch of mountains, like the ring species thing has to do with geographical boundaries. So if you have a a, a, a herd of horses, and then they all start experiencing genetic mutations and they're traveling around, and then some of them become like slightly genetically different horses, maybe even donkeys or whatever, you know, we're we're in that's the what I just family. said. Yeah, and then they are reintroduced to the original population that didn't change, then they can't reproduce. The The problem is, why would one population change and not another? I mean, we see it, but again, like, these, all of these seem like such fantastically difficult. Like, if the simplest solution is the best, if you're going to accept the possibility that abiogenesis occurred, then you're introducing something that's supernatural beyond our understanding and outside anyway, why are you going to all this length to come up with like ring species and, and ex- explanations about how things can't like it just it's so much work. It's so much faith to be. And, to... <laughs> and I, I know Chris wanted to say something too. Chris, in your answer, include um, <clears throat> the ancestral portrait of at what point in your tree um, the squid monsters became your great grandma and grandpa. And um, I don't know. OK, I'm done. What's up, Chris? You want to say something? trying to be funny i failed oh no chris if, if oh there you are if he's not gonna talk oh, i'll add to it I, if, yeah if, well so, hang on so, chris, chris if you are trying to talk chris we don't hear you so um just just let us know because if i see you're off mute so if you're trying to talk we don't hear you maybe maybe reset it or something but uh baconist yeah go ahead he's not off mute. Um, just get an iphone oh i was gosh. just gonna say so i'm very familiar with the horse world i live in it and when a horse is so far removed from a donkey and a mule they can't survive well but they do reproduce they absolutely do there's donkey mules there's mule donkeys there's horse donkeys um all kinds of different crazy concoctions now those reproductions can't reproduce well but they do reproduce right but 
it's 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 this it's still this species box, right? It, it's a different kind where we see different kinds, right? It's not a different species altogether. So the idea with the ring species theory is that if you had a bunch of horses in one pen that you were allowing to reproduce, and then you had a bunch of horses in another pen that you were allowing to reproduce, if you had like one population that had a mutation that could still reproduce with each other, and then 10 generations later, you tried to reunite pen A and pen B, then pen A wouldn't be able to reproduce with pen B, even though they started at the same, like, yeah. I would, I would challenge that because in my experience, they absolutely can't. Again, I really encourage you to look into ring species. Oh, I really encourage you to read the Bible and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. Been there, Baconist. Already been there. So I guess it's so puzzling because it's just so much work. Random. Like, even modern science, right? Modern science has accepted that there's an, unex an inexplicable, whatever that word is, event that started life, Right. So when we look at studies of abiogenesis, we cannot reproduce this in a lab. We can put together all of the structural elements and say, here are the right proteins, here is exactly this. And it's gotten to the point where we can even say like, oh, this is what early life probably looked like. We can work backwards and we can make this, this concoction of exactly all of the right recipes. And then whether we leave it or microwave it or introduce any different types of energy or whatever we're doing to it, um, trying to reproduce maybe a lightning strike or, or whatever may have happened in the weather and natural elements, we, we can't recreate this in a lab. So at that point, if you are so adherent to science, you would say, huh, I'm stuck, right? Like there is something outside Correct. of my understanding. Yeah, right? So then if, if we get stuck there, you, can, you have a couple of choices. You can say, well, Maybe in another 300 years, we'll have more information and we can actually reproduce this. So I'm just going to leave it as an unknown. Um, or B, you can say there must have been an outside element that I don't understand that had something to do with this. And, and now you're safely in the realm of supernatural explanation. So then your next step would be which record that humans have of supernatural explanation makes the most sense. And then you're into history and then you're at the Bible, right? Like I don't understand how science, why science works so hard. The scientists would either have to accept through historic study and logic, they'd have to arrive at Christianity or they'd have to say, this study is purposeless until we have the technology to do it. You see what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, and I think that, uh, based on kind of along with what you were saying, uh, I think the best response is I don't know yet. I'm excited to learn what it is. I'm excited to gather like more actual, substantial, conclusive information and find out at some point. But at this point, I don't know. Oh, were you talking? Were you? I think we took ring species the way you meant it and ran a different direction. Is the reason you kept bringing it up to just try to show that things change over time? Like, is that where you were going? Not necessarily, well, the replication, but like, is that your point bringing it up just to show that things change over time? Therefore, how people say, you know, we can't observe these changes from species to species. And you're saying, well, to some degree, you kind of sort of can. Was that where you were going with that? Right. Well, Yes-ish. Um, again, and I'm serious when I say this, it really depends on what you mean when you say species, because there's a little bit of gray area between, like, 
uh, uh, hard science and evolutionary science, and with and basically the the categorization of what species is what they use it to reference species and what kind of the non-scientific people uh think of when they think of species okay um, I, I... there can often be a discrepancy there and, and and i'm not it is not my intent to be mean or malicious or anything like that but like there is a difference there and it's important to know that okay sure and, and i don't think the, i mean you know all, all the christians are up here talking about how we can observe these different things so i mean i don't think there's a lot of disagreement maybe in the terminology, but I mean, it's like, you know, we, we can see, uh, I'm about to make a bad analogy with apples, but yeah, I mean, an, a, I'm sure there is a green apple, let's just, or a red apple, let's just say before a green or yellow apple. I, biologically, I don't even know if this is the same thing, uh, or, or, um, or, or biology or whatever. Anyways, but, um, yeah, we get it. Like you can see how a green apple changes to a yellow apple over time, or like a horse turns in, turns into something else with slight differences over time. So if you're trying to say, well, it may not be an entirely different species, but you get how, you know, some could see it that way. Okay, sure, fine. But that, that's not what any of us mean. No, um, what I mean is, what I mean is, like, the categorization of species is often more finer than what people think. I, I know. We're, we're it's kind of what I'm getting at. And so, for example, like, when you, th when you, when you talk about the finches, like, the, the different, like, you know, there are different finches. There's a lot of different finches. Or, like, was it tomatoes, I think it is? There's tons of different types, like, species of tomato. And so when you say, like, one species doesn't really turn into another species, that's, yeah, that's just incorrect, uh, according yeah, to the yeah, categorization yeah. I, that we I, use. Yeah, sure. And I think the argument, though, like we're saying, you know, like horses, you know, like turn into different horses, different mutations, like like everything Baconist was saying, like, you know, we would all agree with like, yes, we can see this. If you ever see one of those, like, you know, over enough time turning into a saber tooth tiger, like, huh, well, how about that? Um, and I think that's what we're saying. So like if people say species and you say, no, no, by species, I mean gradual things. It's like, OK, fine. I, I get what you mean by species. That's not what we mean. Um, so, you know, you can, you can just, ins with that understanding, you can insert any other word to call it. Um, but, yeah. you know, the if a horse turns into a tiger. Be, well, the, the, the word the, would be one order does not transmute into another order. Kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species, right? So one order does never becomes another order. I agree completely. Right. So well, if you look at, uh, if you look at uh, a pair right all the data is in there for all the different pair types believe it or not so if a pair is reproduced the tree the fruit of that tree when planted produces a different pear tree just about every time the different total different type right it's not a different species but all that data is still all that genetic data is still in all of those things agreed well, I mean, not not in the way that you think about it, but I, I generally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, so welcome to creation science. One order does not transmute into another. Agreed. That okay. awesome. We've never seen or claimed that it happened. Oh, you've claimed that, not you, but there have been claims that it has. Read up on punctuated equilibrium. It's good times. I want to hear about the sea monster. Yes, Chris, do you have any portraits of uh, your mommy and daddy ancestor sea monster <laughs> that you that you spawned forth from? Oh, right, yeah, you know. Well, I, you know, my uncle's a fish. He's quite a fine carp. <laughs> uh, does he tell any uh, whale tales? 
He's got a good one about Jonah, this prophet. <laughs> uh, how was your weekend? How was everyone else's weekend? Pretty good. That. Starting my new job today. Oh, doing what? Well, same thing. I, I, they took away the managerial position that I was in. And um, so I essentially lost my job. But they said, we can transfer you to another facility, but you'll take a pay cut. And I'm like, take what I can get. So here oh, we are. Oh, lame. Yeah, it is. And it's like an hour away, too. Well, good luck in your new endeavor. Ew, what field are you in? Marine. I would stay away. It, okay, so that sounds highly specialized, and there's probably not a whole lot of options, but they probably also don't have a lot of people to pick from for employees. If they're making you commute, that's a that's going to be a pay raise. Like, do they have other people to choose from? They don't. This industry is failing. It's, it's like if you took the auto industry, moved it to a third world third world company, and gave it no resources, that is the marine industry. And how many employ like how large is the pool of employees if you're if you were to win the lottery and quit tomorrow? I mean, they could hire any Joe Schmo to do the job, but nobody wants to do this job. It's service writing is what I'm doing. So I I'd probably be better to go to like the auto industry. But I'm playing this out because my wife's about to have a baby, and I, I don't want to lose ooh, the insurance. Ooh. I didn't know that. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. Um, all the Calvinists are reproducing lately on the app. Ha. <laughs> like Wait, is that is that one species turning into another from Arminian to Calvins? Is uh, that what's happening? <laughs> no, that's just learning the Bible. Okay, listen, um, Baconist, I think that you should probably negotiate with them, especially if you have other career options. You should tell them this commute is ridiculous and I'm willing to stay in this position and you've got to uh, increase my previous salary. And if not, you can you can find someone else. I know they'll say no, but I, I need to, I, ha I have to play this out for a little bit. All right. <clears throat> but thank you. I appreciate the advice. Not mad at me. Punctuated equilibrium, I don't think is what you think it is, Chris. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. I don't know if you heard me. What did you say? Sorry, I, I, I was I was trying to tell Chris that to punctuated equilibrium didn't doesn't seem like what he thinks that it is. He made reference to orders changing to other orders and made reference to punctuated equilibrium, and that is simply not what punctuated equilibrium is. Okay, you made an assertion, so explain it. One sec. You're talking about Punctu how most things don't change for generations, but then all of a sudden, like, something changes really quick for certain certain times, right? Like how, how like, you would be like, Horse, kind of horse, kind of horse, maybe pony, maybe donkey, maybe Shetland pony. Boom, wolf. 
for some reason. Uh, right? No, uh, punctuated equilibrium is a theory that proposes that once a species is a theory that proposes that once a species appears in the fossil record, the population will become stable, showing evolutionary showing little evolutionary change for most of its geological history. That's what I just said, except then there's like a rapid burst of change component, right? Like, so what you just said, we agree, but then there's another part, which would be like um, some kind of rapid change, right? Like occasionally punctuated bursts will happen that, that will make things like deviate from, for most of their genealogical history, it won't, it'll stay the same, but then occasionally something will happen to like rapidly punctuate, uh, punctuate through, right? Like horse, 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 wolf. But Google worded it differently. He, he can't have a conversation. He's just reading from Google. Yeah, so so when I don't when I'm not familiar with something, I do research. I, I apologize. No, that's fine. I, I hope I didn't offend you by doing that baconist. It, no, it's just it's hard to have a genuine conversation when even yourself don't have enough knowledge of the topic to actually have the conversation. Instead you have to go search it and then explain it when you don't even understand it. So you're just you're just leaning on other resources to try to prove some point and you can't actually have your own like individual conversation about it until you learn about it. So I would encourage you to go and learn and study the positions that you're trying to explain. Well, let's just all repent and believe the gospel. We're all friends here, all friends. Amen, amen. Um, and I wasn't offended at all. Bertie, you've been quiet for a really long time. You have anything on your mind? Sorry, I, I had a work meeting at 9.30, and I lost my laptop charger, so I've been running around the house looking for it. And then just to find out that they moved the meeting to 4 o'clock, so I was panicking. <laughs> Wait, well, did you find your charger yet? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Where was it? It was right next to my laptop, underneath the bed. <laughs> Good clean yeah. that house, you'd know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So I missed a lot of the conversation, but I mean, New comments are were fine, you guys new talking about fine. the process of how life comes into existence and whether it's from God or some, some random process, or were you guys talking about at which time does that random process come into more complex outcomes? That second above, one is the one Nate wanted. <laughs> okay. So I have like this thing of notes that I wrote that I literally just kind of pull out every time this conversation comes up. Um, random, you and I already had this conversation before, and you kind of said it was like, yeah, you kind of concede to the idea of possibly being a, a theist. Um, but, I mean, is it is it necessary to bring up again? I mean... Could no, you give no, us no. the... If you Wait. want to. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I just read, hear... read through it and then we'll move on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I want to hear the notes because you, you, okay, you said that you and Random had talked about this, but then in the end, you sort of settled it that maybe the same thing Random and I did, that he's comfortable just not knowing, but not comfortable saying, I mean, oh, yes, it must. Yeah, I, I'll read ahead. it again and he can change his mind or not, but hold on, let me find it. Um, here we go. Okay, so what I wrote was, if the shortest path to creating an object involves a sufficient large number of steps because of the combinatorial um, space of possibilities getting exponentially large. Whoa, 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 only... whoa, 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 whoa. Conventorial? 
combin sorry, my nose. Combinatorial. What's that? So like the combination of like so you have, say for example, the different levels of complexity, right? And then the first level of complexity only requires one step or two steps. And then for the next level of complexity, it requires six or eight steps. So it's like the spaces of possibilities getting larger for more complex, more complexities happening. So, okay. So let's say like there's more steps required to make an ant than to make a human. Is this, is this like a cumulatory? You can use it in that sense. Yes. But it, it's the compilation of of steps required to uh, produce that object, right? So, like, okay, like, um, to make a to make a cell phone versus to make a plane, um, there's a number of steps that are required to make that, or to make wine, or to just make juice. If, if you guys understanding that? Yep. And so, by the time that you're starting to build the plane, you're that what you just said meant that there are much more possibilities because there are more steps to build the plane than there would be to make a cell phone. What, so what I was, what I was alluding to is you would, you would more so see the frequency um, more of cell phones than you would of planes because the amount of steps to make a plane is greater than um, cell phones, but like you could still equally see the same number of planes and cell phones, but to see them, in the same proximity to one another is near impossible. So that's that's pretty much what my notes are kind of alluding to. So um, continuing on, I said, it would only indicate that you need something more than just randomness for the object to exist. An outside force or a grand design a mechanism, a machine or a system capable of storing information. The frequency of that object occurring, the object's occurrence also has to be taken into account. Uh, highly complex objects can come into existence under pure randomness, but high number of highly complex objects all appearing in the same place at the same time makes statistically unlikely, statistically impossible, unless there is some driving force guiding the design. So, and that that's kind of building off of assembly theory, where um, there, there has to be acknowledgement of um, to have complexities stacked on, on top of complexities, you have to have something external from that process to guide the process. Because, like, yes, like people like to bring up the thing of like, if you give it enough time, randomness will allow a lot for that event to take place. But to allow it to happen twice or more than two times, like in a, in a exponential number of times in that specific location, that becomes from unlikely to impossible um statistically so so you need to concede to something outside of math science right to, to maintain that information of guiding the process because just as the thing could be created another random event could easily just have an event transpire where it removes that thing from existence so to keep it protected and kind of building on top of it on top of itself you have to have something that's guiding the process especially for it to flourish where a multitude of those things are existing in the same proximity. I now want to hear the argument against that. And that's that's not coming from a theist viewpoint. That's coming from actual science. And Brandon, I see your chat. It, it it's supposed to be like one of the aspects. There, there's like 
I, I think maybe only two aspects of punctuated equilibrium. Punctuated equilibrium. Ugh. Um, and what you say that I think we all agree with is the first one. But then just look, look for like a different aspect or something like that about like rapid change. Sure. I, th that's why I specifically worded like so far I've been able to find like that is that is not to say that I'm I, I finished. Um, and now now to address Birdie, um, I, I just want to make sure I understand the idea. Um, so so it essentially is saying uh, it's not that there is a singular complex thing that could have arrived from, um, um, let's say, randomness, as you said. Um, but because of the fact that there are multiple things that are complex, that that is the, the significant part. Is that correct? So it's OK. So to make something complex requires a, a, a multitude of steps, right? To make complexities built off of complexities requires a significant more number of steps that makes it even more unlikely to to have multiple complex things that are built off of complex things in the same proximity makes it near impossible without an external force to navigate or drive the thing whether it's a machine or whether it's um something with something that can just maintain the information to navigate that right like for example if you look at what we have right now before like after the fact of everything coming into play right we still have that mechanism that's visible that's that's dna right like that's that's an example of something but like the thing that set the dna in motion the thing that allowed for quote unquote life to come into existence or complex objects to come into formation in close proximity to one another that's what it's also talking about yeah i mean it's basically well known that scientists and especially physicists really suck at math and i'm not being facetious they really do and you know especially statistics as well so i mean you know everybody that i've run into in these biological sciences they're so bad at math that it's kind of laughable and then when we're all like loud lauding them as experts telling us about random chance when they don't even understand the basic underlying um facts below the mathematics that they choose to believe um, it's just a faith proposition. That's all it is. It's strictly a faith proposition. Um, like when my friend Bill, who is a PhD in applied mathematics, when he actually went and wrote down the equation for how they get carbon-14 dating, first of all, the PhDs in the biology department couldn't even follow the first three minutes of his math. And then after that, when he was pointing out the glaring inconsistencies, they didn't even have enough understanding of the underlying facts to even to even know what he was talking about. So they were simply accepting carbon-14 dating on faith and just blistering anybody who didn't believe them when essentially they didn't even understand it. And in, and in fact, the guy who invented it didn't even understand the math that well. Um, he had somebody help him with the equations and they're just suck and they're just bad math. So like, we're basing all this crap on bad math.
For the record, yeah, I don't I, think it's even. I don't think it's too dissimilar. Also, like when we're talking about like the origins of the universe and things like that, and it's like you know different physicists who even are good at math, um, they they still have to kind of posit like you know many dimensions in order to make their math work. So it's like the the extraordinary lengths people will go to to come up with something other than a divine creator of some type. Um, it's like, well, I'm really good at math. I'm really smart. Um, and I can make it work. Just let me inter uh, you know, introduce a few more dimensions that may or may not exist. And then it will work. Well, and to be honest, mathematicians chuckle at physicist math. Like, they think it's hilarious. So, like, I know right. a few mathematicians, There's... and they just, they just think it's, it's insanely funny to them that, that people think that physicists are good at math. They're just not. Yeah, there's a there's a joke with some of my friends. So, a number of my friends are um, they're professors at um, University of uh, Georgia. Um, they're math professors, and they used to make the joke of like, it's like, oh yeah, like mathematicians are superior to phys uh, physicists, and physicists are superior to com uh, com size um, in terms of comprehension and things like that. But I and everybody I, is is laughing at engineers that build your <laughs> They're the worst in math. Yeah, I, I stopped at I stopped at physics, but I'm like I'm content. So, yeah, I mean, like this whole house of cards is just like the fact that it's still around and still like people lose careers over not bowing to Balak is unbelievable. Like it's just unbelievable. Like, they're so far outside of the realm of even statistical probability that, I mean, it's just dumb. I think even today, though, there is an issue that I see arising in, like, the community that um, I went to school with and even just, like, my... Um, my friends who are professors, like when they're doing peer review, um, even they kind of sometimes like outside of like the scope of like their peers and also like when we're just hanging out, they're like, sometimes they feel like people didn't actually fully thorough, thoroughly do like a peer review. They were just like, they glance over it and we're just like, it seems good enough, but there's not like a strong due diligence on the review because it's just like the amount of time that it took into comp comprehending the, the subject that the person was displaying it's it's so laser focused and it's getting even more laser focused because they're speaking to such minute and such specific topics that everyone's in their own category of specialty that you'd need another person who's in that same specialty to fully grasp what they're trying to convey and, and validate or invalidate the thing um but i mean that's why they do peer reviews because it's a compilation of people from different subjects um, where it allots for like, it's not, it's, it's almost a, a sense of like, not objectivity, but it's a collective subjectivity where it's like, if enough people from different perspectives look at this and say it's good enough, then it's good enough. So. Good enough. Welcome back, Mr. Bill.
what else we got? But yeah, I mean, I I mean it's I I okay. So for me, I got into the the field of of physics because a number of unusual events happened for me. I don't I don't need to go into it, but it was enough to inspire me to be like I want answers. And when you when you think about these things more on like a daily basis, it's just like not all of these pieces connect and it's on some level there is like a a, a faith-based element in in the community as well um because you kind of have to have a leap of faith saying like people before me did their due diligence and i'm going to build my understanding off of the back of these people right but then then you have unique people who um are bold enough to refute older claims to kind of make a name for themselves and they do that due diligence and then they're able to prove them wrong. But it's it kind of keeps going and going. But it's like at no point will we ever come to a point where we say, ah, we now understand everything in this universe because there's nothing. There's no actual ruler like there's no measuring stick to say, OK, you've reached the end goal. Um, it's just forever wondering when do we reach the end of our comprehension of everything in the universe? Um, yeah, I'll make oatmeal. Hold on. I'd like to put in order two. <laughs> you, you, you want some oatmeal? <laughs> Random, you got anything else? Everyone's abandoning us. It's nearing the end of so, our time as well. But Yeah, I heard people talking, so I figured I'd... I'd look farther into the things that I didn't know about that people brought up. Have you made progress? I mean, it's, it's pretty dense stuff. I still have yet to come across any like significant order changes. Uh, I did, I did, uh, I was wrong. Uh, and Chris is of course gone and the other people are gone too. No, I was, I was wrong about the, uh, the punctuate, punctuated equilibrium. In a way, I, I understand what the what the reference is now as to like the punctuation, the the small changes or uh, a large number of changes in theory over a small amount of time. I get that. Um, it doesn't really get into like a change in order okay. yet, as far as I've been able to tell. But I certainly haven't gone super deep into it. So, okay. Um, I wish I could just paste this for you, but you know, there's only like so many characters on stupid clubhouse chat, but okay. The idea is punctual. I mean, it's it sound it's, it's like, it sounds punctuated equilibrium is like there's the equilibrium, but then there's like punches or punctuations every now and then. So like the first part of what you're saying was true. Um, you know, about, uh, okay. The observation like, uh, let's see, um, the observations that the fossil record often displays long periods of seemingly unchanged species. But then here's the other point followed by, sudden appearances of new forms so like horse horse pony pony donkey donkey wolf for example i mean maybe i'm blowing it up a little too much but that's the yeah, idea that's so like you'll see yeah you'll see fossils that are very very similar very very similar and then all of a sudden it'll be like whoa what's this and it's a a, a wildly changed fossil very well like, it bursts my, my point so far that i've come across is that I get that, but the 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 new thing, the the basically the 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 second stage, the next stage that you're making reference to, it's so far as I've been able to find, it's never a moment of like, oh dang, that's a whole new type of creature. Like it's it's still 
very much reminiscent of its old one. It's just been through a lot of changes. It has a lot of changes. So, like, all I'm saying is the claim of one order to another order, that's what I'm not seeing, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how, I mean, I guess we could look at it, how it defines rapid change. Like, I mean, let me check, like, how rapid are the changes? But, I mean, it, it's rapid bursts. I mean, this would... Um... No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, how rapid the change is. I'm saying the extent to which the change is. Well, right, and I'm saying, like, it, it specifically talks about formation of new species. Um, right, so but again, new species refers to things that could be still fairly similar or very similar in a lot of ways like uh the the one example that i saw was uh was basically a snail to also a snail but like there was morphological changes so that's my point of like yeah i, I see the punctuated equilibrium i see what that what that's making reference to but i don't see like any claim so far that I've come across that it was like a claim of a punctuated equilibrium causing a whole new order of creatures. Species, yeah, that makes sense, but a whole new order of species. Well, a whole new order. It's like highly variable. Um, entirely new body plans. Um, so for any formation of entirely new body plans, that, I mean, that, that suggests like new species, I would think. I mean, uh, like if it's a horse, maybe it's a large horse fossil, smaller horse fossil. But if it's something completely different. Um... Right. But but again, entire new body plan isn't really that specific. And again, I make reference to like what you're making reference to when you say species, because like there's been a categorization of a different species when like uh for example the snail's shell is a different shape right but it's still a snail what about a snake to a lizard or something that depending on that that could certainly be within the bounds of punctuated equilibrium although that seems like uh, maybe But again, it, it is important to note, and I have noticed this every so often, that uh, that one of one of the things inside of evolution is that, like, um, is that the animals that we recognize now do not change into other animals. So, like, wolves did not change into bears, or bears did not change into wolves. The the branches of the tree don't like morph and like change into each other, right? Everything. Everything that is, is also what it was, for lack of a, a, a more complicated way of, pu of putting it. So, like, so, yeah, well, well, so, the, I mean, this, this is as far as I can go, and then I just, I just don't have any more bandwidth for it, but, like, the Cambrian explosion. Um, so, this seems to be where things went from, um, from one thing did not have the ability to fly, and then it did. So, I mean, that would be pretty big. You wouldn't say, I mean, you would say that's like a different species, like the kind, um, you know, that's like a big enough that you're like, oh, it's not species meaning subtle changes, but little different. That's like very different. So like, right. yeah, the, the, but, like the Cambridge explosion and the evolution of flight. 
um, right. would be some of the it things posted. One of the things that I want to say, though, it, it is important to note that the Cambrian explosion is a period of, like, multi like ends of millions of years. So it's like, yes, but, but do note, when you say short time period, it's not short time period still by our understanding of short time period in, in the sense of, like, a human life. It's still multiple millions of years. Um, are you confusing it with like 550 or 40 million years ago when it happened? I don't know. What's, um, I mean, and I mean the time period, like I'm just reading this for the first time, like in, right now, but I mean, it, it, even though the time period may have been long, we can find out how long in a minute doesn't mean it took that entire time period for this to happen. I mean, maybe it's going to say it did, but I mean, it seems like it's positing a bunch of examples during that time period. So, I mean, maybe it took like 50 years. If the time period was two million years, maybe it only took two million years, uh, or, or uh, you know, fifty years to be like, oh, this happened and then this happened. I mean, that's to be determined. Right, but when we go, I mean, to be fair, when we go that far back, um, kind of as as uh, as we're able to study the uh, the 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 what is it, the geological columns and like the uh, the the fossils within and everything like that. Um, I I would be incredibly surprised if they made reference to like, oh yes, during this 50 year time period, millions of years ago, like they, they aren't really well, able to like get that specific as of yet. Well, yeah. I mean, that's from my own brain. Maybe they'll say over a larger time, but I mean, still, it sounds like they're hedging and they're withholding some judgment. So, you know, maybe it would be good for you too. And I uh, repent and believe the gospel. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to, um, I'm not going to be able to find a, probably an age, um, as quick as I want it. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, Michael, you're here right as I need to leave. <laughs> Come up for a couple minutes. What's up, Michael? Well, it's, uh, not too much. Well, what's funny is I actually, as we were kind of uh, saying our goodbyes on Friday, I forgot to mention, so I'm reaching you now on Clubhouse from, uh, let's see if I do the conversion, 94 degree, uh, sunny and gorgeous Cancun. Sounds like you're by under a waterfall or something. I was just walking by a, a water fountain, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just walking back. I'm already a couple margaritas deep, so, uh, <laughs> and you know. It's, it's drink. It's in Mexico. It's drink o'clock. So, well, don't get uh, kidnapped and held for ransom. Oh no, 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 no. Mexico's Mexico's safer with it there. Probably where there you are in Florida. It's okay. Well, I mean, every time my like my family goes there for a trip, everyone comes back with food poisoning. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like everyone, like for two years in a row, like um, my my wife and um, you know, like her cousins and aunts and all that. Like, it's, it's like a a whole ton of like 15 of them will go and like when everyone comes back like everyone's got food poisoning wow <laughs> they just accept it as the cost of going and eating a like an all-inclusive resort stuff wow it's, i can't say anything without sounding too pretentious other than like stay at nicer resorts um, <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't think they're saying it like the mexican motel six oh <laughs> uh, yeah anyway uh, but i just wanted to kind of hop on quickly i'm just walking back to the pool and greet my lovely wife and, uh, I, uh, yeah, so I won't be on the rest of the week. So I'll talk to you next week. All right. Well, good to hear from you. Uh, stay safe. Enjoy your trip. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the weather. 
Yeah, r- random. Keep up. Keep up the fight for me while I'm gone. <laughs> I mean, I, I, um, I, I suspect. I suspect I'm much less learned than you are. So oh, I don't know. I can only do so much. All right, guys. Cheers. We'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Take care. And uh, yeah, random. I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna run too. And uh, yeah, thanks know, for the combo. Yeah, this is, a, this is a really I think good combo. Um, all the other people couldn't hack it and had lives or something like that. But <laughs> all right, good to see you guys. Lame. Take care. Yeah, I know. <laughs>